All right. I got a lot to say and not a lot of time, so listen fast. I, I, I say that. I'm actually going to try to slow down because I listened to my message from last week. And if there's anything that will frustrate you, it's listening to yourself speak. I thought, why has anybody come to our church? <laughs> I can't even keep up with myself. But I've stopped drinking coffee before service. I get a little too excited, so I, I write in my notes now, slow down several times. Like through my notes, I'll say slow down in bold, slow down. And I even had a couple people say that. They're like, yeah, I really enjoy it. But I, sometimes I don't even know what you're saying because you're talking too fast. <laughs> and I told you all last week, Casey rode with us, and she talks even faster than I do. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> she was running words together, and I was like, you're making a new language. And I'm, I'm impressed. I'm genuinely impressed. You're better than me. All right. Um, we talked, uh, <laughs> I talked, I talked a lot of last week uh, about love and about an expression of love, what that looks like. Um, going into this week, I, I, I'm kind of still going in that direction, but I kind of want to talk more about, um, and, and I think the kickback, what happens when we start to look at practical ways that we love in our lives is um, there are lots of um, excuses and circumstances that we can kind of get distracted by and see as, as hurdles in our lives. Um, have any of y'all ever experienced that, where you, you feel like everything's going great, and then all of a sudden you're like, what, how did I end up here, right? You're like, I mean, I had everything together. I mean, we're going to church. We're, we're doing these things, and, and you know, we're raising our kids and all this stuff, and then you wake up one morning, and you're going, man, I'm, I'm way out here. I don't know how I got here. And I think what happens a lot of times is we get, and it's, it's part of being, being living on this little round sphere, earth, <laughs> Sorry if there's any flat earthers in here. We can talk later. <laughs> if we're live on the, living on this earth, it, it, we're, we're still part of this fallen world, and there's still things that we see in the, in the realm that we're living in that don't line up with the kingdom that we're really representing, okay? And that's, that can be frustrating. I, I'll attest to that. It can be very frustrating when you know without a shadow of a doubt the realities of the kingdom of God in your heart, and then you see things happen that, are, that don't line up with that. It, it can be very frustrating, and what... What I've seen, just like uh, we, we talked a little bit last week, is that when, when you see these things, you can get discouraged, right? Um, we've seen many, many healings, physical healings in our church, in our friends, in our family, not stories we've heard or seen on TBN. We know these people, and we have seen very miraculous things happen physically. At the same time, we have seen things not happen miraculously when we thought that they should and didn't line up with what we know to be true about God and about the kingdom. Now, in both of those instances... What we've learned, and what I mentioned last week about passing my buddy in the break room, um, what, we, what we've noticed is when we come to those places where we don't fully understand what's going on, we lean into the truth of knowing who God is and his character. So what I try to do, and this is, it's a difficult thing to try to teach from the character and not just teach uh, like prescriptive, like do these things, A, B, and C, like with a board, a checkoff list, do these things and you'll be good. That would be so easy. If, if that was my job, I would... You're like, oh, let's just do these things and you're good, right? And, and unfortunately, I think a lot of times that's what we lean towards because it's easier. Ch- check off this list. And I've always, I always said if, if, you know, tracing on a relationship, if I just checked off the list of things that husbands are supposed to do, that would not make us in a good relationship. It may help. You know, it's good if I take the trash out or, you know, if I kiss her goodbye. But if there's no, if there's no intimacy, if there's no knowing of one another, that's not a real relationship. This is, this is why... Scripture constantly refers to our relationship with the Father like marriage, like husband and wife. 
We're the bride of Christ. We're, you know, this, is, this is how this works. It's because he desires to know us. The old scripture about depart from me, I never knew you. That know is an intimate term. I want to know you. It's not to scare you away that he's trying to push you away. He just wants to know you. He doesn't want you to do all the things. They said, well, didn't you see we cast out all these demons and we did all these things? Yes, that's awesome, but I, I, my desire is to know you. In the same way, my desire is not just that Tracy does a bunch of things or checks off a bunch of lists. I want to know her. I want to know who she is, her desires, those kind of things. Hopefully she wants to know the same thing. And so what we find is in this relationship with the Father and expressing it to other people, we have to have a source, right? We have to have a source of, of this truth, of this knowledge. And we talk about all the time we're ambassadors for Christ. We, we walk out the kingdom on earth. <laughs> and scripture tells us it's on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we're doing. We're walking, talking temples, not like old covenant where you have to go to an inner room. He tore the veil and made his presence available to us all the time. So even when we worship and we talk about lions, I, like, I love that picture of a lion. Because the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and you, and you, and you. That's a huge thing. This isn't, this isn't go down a checklist, that's, let, let me do all these things. It's, I have someone. It's not just let me send you these, like the old covenant, send you these commandments from far off. I'm going to come and be with you. I'm going to make my home with you, and I'm going to write them on your heart. That's much more intimate. This, the terminology that Jesus uses is very very intimate and placed in you, not far away. What, what many of us that, I didn't grow up in church when I, when I got saved, I was 20 years old and I got saved, started going to church, a lot of things they taught felt and sounded like God was far away. He was, he, was, he was pretty frustrated and he was far away. And there were lots of things that I needed to do to keep him. How many of you know, um, and Buddy alluded to this a couple weeks ago in his message, if, if, if I was to say, hey, I have a friend here and I want to use them. That would, you would not want to be my friend if I'm just here to use you. And that's how we, we look at God a lot of times is God just wants to use you. God's not looking to And use is, a, you, could, you can interpret that in many different ways. But when I hear use, I mean, you know, just take advantage of you and then throw you away, basically, is what I'm talking about. Now, God will use you, but he's not using you in a way he's working in and through you. It's a big difference. He's not trying to use you up. That would be a very uh, dysfunctional relationship. There are people that will do that. Those are human characteristics, not God characteristics. We can't place human characteristics on God. It's vice versa. What we do is, in our minds, we will limit God to our perception of his reality. You see how that works? And that's not, that's backwards. On earth as it is in heaven, not back. We need to, we need to see things in God's perspective. This is why it took years for me, especially for my upbringing, to understand that I had to look for the best in people. I saw the worst in people growing up. I saw people that used and abused me and used and abused the people around me. They used and abused drugs and alcohol and all these different things, and they were, they, from a broken place in their lives, they began, what we say all the time, hurt people hurt people. When I began to get healed, I wanted other people to be healed. When I began to feel love, I wanted other people to feel that same love. This is why we're R&D, receive and distribute. That's what our church is, R&D, that's it. You're a conduit. And he's not using you. You benefit from it too. You get to feel the things that God feels for you as you're expressing it to other people. That's why he says we love because he first loved us. He even goes on in the scriptures like we talked about last week to say, in the same way that I love you, love others. Don't just love others in your own ability because you're lacking. Unfortunately, in and of ourselves, we are lacking in the ability to love. I can't be the husband that I need to be to Tracy on my own. I am lacking. <laughs> 
And there may be a list somewhere of all those things that I'm lacking. But God fills those up. I have to lean into him when I go, you know what? I want to be a jerk right now. And sometimes I fail. I'm not perfect. But anytime I go to the Lord with it, I'm like, you know what? This isn't fair. You know, I think this should be this way. Every single time without fail, the Lord reminds me (laughs) of who I am and what he's done in, in me. And he reminds me of how messed up I was and all the mistakes that I made and whatever's going on between us pales in comparison to what he did for me. It doesn't just work in marriage, it works in every other relationship. When we begin to realize this, we begin to, we begin to actually contribute to relationships and not just try to take from them. We shouldn't be relationship leeches looking to take from people. We should be benefiting other people. All right. Um, we're going to talk about water if we have time in three different instances. Um, you know, we, y'all know these stories, so to save time, I'm not, I may not go through all the scriptures, but you know, the first one I want to talk about is the woman at the well. I'll kind of give my version of it. Um, it's, it's from scripture. I'm not just twisting or anything. You, you guys know the story. Jesus is walking. Most Jews would go around Samaria. They don't associate with Samaritans. Basically, they were kind of racist about it. They were saying, you know, you guys aren't, you guys are half-breeds, you guys are less than, and so we're going to go around. Well, Jesus said, no, we're going to go through. You guys go get me something to eat. I'm going to stop here and get some water at this well with this Samaritan woman. Um, all that's taboo, <laughs> every bit of it. You know, a Jewish man and a Samaritan woman by themselves at a well is all, all this, none of this makes any sense logically. If you had a checklist of things to do and not to do, those are things not to do. And Jesus was real good at checking those boxes of not to do. Um, and he sat down next to this woman and began to speak to her. And, and essentially what he said um, is, hey, can I get some water? And she's like, well, how are you going to get water? You don't have a bucket. He's like, well, you don't even understand what's going on here. If you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for water. And she's like, who, who do you, are you greater than our, you know, who are you? Who are you to say that to me? If only she knew. And she does eventually. And he begins to say, look, um, go get your husband. And she says, uh, well, I, don't, I don't have a husband. And she's like, he's like, I know you've had five. And the husband you're with is, or the man you're with is not your husband. And she diverts. And she's like, well, we worship on this mountain and you worship on the, I don't want to talk about the man thing. That's issues I have. Well, first she says, I'm beginning to sense that you're a prophet. And he's like, well, duh. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. He said, duh. No, he didn't say that. He probably gave a look like that. And he was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, she, and he said, uh, and so she goes to divert. And she goes, okay, basically, you Jews are this way and we're this way. You worship on this mountain. I worship on this mountain. You don't know anything about me. I don't know anything about you. Why are we having this conversation? And Jesus says, look, there's a time coming and is now come, speaking of himself, where you're not going to worship on that mountain, we're not going to worship on this mountain, but we're going to worship where? In spirit and in truth. He is, he is, he is speaking life and eternity into, um, into finite <laughs> human. And she's, she's not quite getting it. She's trying to get it. She eventually gets it, but she's not quite getting it. He's like, look, I, I know your struggles. I know everything about you. He, he identifies some of her issues that she has. And he comes back and he goes, okay, look, I'm not worried about mountains, about who you are, about who I am. I'm telling you, I am the guy. She says, well, I know there's the Christ coming and he's going to tell us and explain all this. And he doesn't say, yes, I'm going to explain it to you. What does he say? It's me. I am he. The one in front of you is the one you're looking for. That's huge. That's, that's, a, that's a key verse here because he doesn't say, let me explain this to you. Let me break it down for you. He says, I am the one that, that, that you're looking for. And what happens? She goes back and she tells everybody about it. That'll, that'll fly up in the face of some people that are a little more legalistic about women preachers, but she went out there and she, she preached. 
And she told the truth, and people got saved because of it. Samaritan woman, she, she went and she told what she knew. And that's all she needed to do. That should take a lot of stress off of you. Everybody take a deep breath. You don't have to know everything. We talked last week about um, limits and lacking. Some of you have higher IQs than others in here. Some of you have more willpower than others in here. There are lots of things that we vary in strengths and weaknesses, but love is that thing that you are limitless. Love is the thing that you get from Christ that has no limit. It has no, there's no end to it. You can, keep, you can keep getting it. You don't run out of it. And it seeks, it seeks no recognition for itself. <laughs> I could go through all the definitions of love, but you know them. The thing that you have that's unlimited is love, and, and when, when Jesus extends that, especially in us through the Holy Spirit, it changes the atmosphere around us, and our circumstances change. That woman went from discussing her, her love life or lack thereof um, to discussing worship to going and speaking about this guy that she met at a well. Her whole situation changed. Jesus interrupted her whole narrative. Her life changed at a well at 12 o'clock. And everything changed from there. She might have gone through her life trying to check off boxes that she thought was going to make things work. And none of it ever did until she found the source of the one that makes everything work. All right. Killed two pages. Pretty good. And I'm not talking too fast. Everybody keeping up? I'm so proud of myself. All right. Later on, this is, that was John, if you want to go back and read it and make sure that I didn't make any mistakes. John 4, 7. You want to go back to that, and that's that whole story. Moving on to John 5, <clears throat> there's another water, and water doesn't really have anything to do with it. It just happens to be in all three of these stories. I'd like to make something super spiritual about it, but I may be, and I'm just missing it. Um, or I just, Holy Spirit didn't lead me to talk about it. But I just noticed that in all three of the stories that I was talking about something else, there was water in them. <sighs> I'm talking fast again. All right, John 5. Um, and I guess I could paraphrase this one a little bit, too. Yeah, I can. Basically, there's a guy there at the, at the pool. Y'all know the story. He was at the pool for 38 years. He couldn't walk. Everybody would beat him to the pool because he couldn't walk. I guess he'd try to roll over there. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, but he couldn't get to the pool, and the pool would stir up. And um, I think Carol's got some good history on that pool thing. We're not going to get into that. But the pool would stir up, and everybody would go in there and try to get healed. Um, but that was what the, he was finding his hope in that pool, that maybe that he would get healed. And, and Jesus walks up to him. This, kind of, this guy walks up, and, and Jesus says, okay, hey, do you, you want to be healed? And what's funny is the guy, he doesn't say yes, right? He says, well, I can't walk, <laughs> and everybody beats me there, so I can never make it there. He makes all these excuses about why he can't go there. And, to, and I, I, I relate to that because a lot of times when, when the Lord brings something to me, especially a vision that seems so big and, and neat and fun, immediately I begin to think, well, what about this and what about that? And what, does anybody else do that? Well, well, then we'll need this. But if we do that, then this is going to, you know what I mean? This is the same thing the guy's doing. He's like, yeah, I want of, <laughs> of course I want to be healed. But I have this whole walking issue going. I want to be healed. That's part of the problem. And then everybody beats me there, so I can't be first in line to get there. And then, the, you know, the pool's not stirred up when I get there. Well, Jesus goes on and says, okay, well, here, you, you want to be healed? Get up your mat. And here's the cool thing. Jesus doesn't even address all of his issues. He's like, all right, whatever. Get up, take up your mat and walk. He just skips right over all the excuses, all the circumstances. This guy's seeing everything in the natural, and Jesus is seeing things in the spirit. Okay, well, you can walk. I mean, that's why I see Jesus saying, well, well, get up. I mean, it seems so simple, right? Just get up and walk. Well, to Jesus it is. He sees things that way. 
He says, get up and walk. And the guy gets up. He says, but here's the thing. Take up your mat and walk. That gets him in trouble later. <laughs> he takes up his mat and he walks. The Pharisees see him and they go, hey, what are you doing carrying that mat? It's the Sabbath. You can't carry mats on the Sabbath. That's against the rules. Can you imagine? I can walk <laughs> like 38 years. That's like seeing Delia and saying, hey, don't get up out of that wheel. Don't, don't push your wheelchair in front of you. <laughs> it's the Sabbath. I can imagine what she would say. Do what? Jesus is so clever. Here's, oh, you're going to make me chase a rabbit, but let's do it. Why not? Jesus loved the Pharisees, and I've preached this before. He loved the Pharisees. He wanted the Pharisees to see it too. Hmm? Delia Knox was paralyzed for 23 and a half years. And she's not anymore. She walks on high heels. She, she sang at this church. Yeah, it's really cool. She sang it at our little church here, right here in a wheelchair, the Sunday before she got healed. This is the last place she ministered and sang from a wheelchair. That's pretty cool. Anyway, whew. Jesus loved the Pharisees. He wanted them to see it too, just like when he told them, I desire mercy over sacrifice. He knew that they would know in the Old Testament, if you go back to that where he's quoting, he knew that they would know where to go. They didn't. They were hard-headed. Or most of them didn't. Some of them did. Nick got it. <laughs> Nick at night. Not you, Nick. Nick got it, though. Nick gets it now. All right. <clears throat> anyway, Nick, Nick at night. Um, but some of the Pharisees didn't get it because they didn't go back. He was trying to tell them, look, if you go back in the scriptures that I'm quoting, I deserve, desire mercy over sacrifice, you would see in the Old Testament when he talked about it, Specifically, he said, I desire you to love people, care for people, the orphans and the widows, love them and care for them, not just the sacrifices, the sacrificial system. Stop running around doing all these religious duties. I said duty. <laughs> Stop doing all the... <laughs> Tracy hates that joke. It never gets old, though, to me. She's like, I wish you'd stop saying duty. It's ridiculous. What are you, what are you 12? Yeah, sometimes. Basically. <laughs> So don't run around and do all these religious things. And I desire, you to, I desire you to have mercy for people. I desire you to have a relationship with people, love people, care for people. And so he's telling the Pharisees, they were trying to call him out on do, healing. On, this was another time he was calling, they were calling him out on healing on the Sabbath. He was like, oh, his, his guys were hungry and they got some wheat. And he's like, what? Do you not care? They're hungry. You know what I mean? They need healing. What's more important? Here's... Here's, here's the Bible in a nutshell. The Old Covenant had all these boxes, and I almost brought a, a board up here to write on, but it never works out, and it usually frustrates me more than it works. But imagine you put all these check boxes on, and we can even we can fast forward into modern day. We'll, we'll, we'll put it on the surface, and then we'll dig a little deeper, okay? On the surface, if you had a, a bo boxes checked off on a list of to be a good Christian, what would be on, the, what would be on that list? Go to church. Tithe, pray, read your Bible, what? Be kind, okay? Be nice. You read your Bible, you pray, how long? 30 minutes a day, an hour a day? An hour is good? Okay, hour a day. Um, if, that doesn't, if, if it doesn't get any better, an hour and a half? Two hours, okay. Bonus point for more hours. Prayer closets are good. I hear closets are good to pray in. Prayer closets for how long? All day? Stay in the closet all day. 
without ceasing. What are y'all doing here? Y'all have already failed. Crying out loud. Y'all have failed. I'm talking about duty. All right. So you have all these checks. Checks. Boxes. You have all these boxes to check off. What's the emphasis on all of those things? You. You do these things. You do these things. What happens when you don't do enough? Do more. How much more? Who knows? That's religion. It's never enough. Do more, do more, do more. I don't know that I can. I might just die doing more, trying to do more. With a good heart, and that's what's so frustrating. So many people get crushed under the machine of of churchianity or, or religion because they genuinely desire to do more, but they don't know who they are. God, that kills me. Identity births transformation. Inward transformation is so much greater than outward constraint. Outward constraint is limited in its ability to, to control people, and that's what most religious systems will do to control you. If, I, if we wanted to make this a big, big business and make a bunch of money, we would be in the sin management business. We would say, come to us again. You know, come to the altar, which altar is a dumb term. This is just a stage. Come up front and do this over and over and over again, and I could build a, if I wanted to, or if we wanted to as leadership, we could go back to the old system and let's, let's, Let's get this machine going. But no one in here has a desire to do that. Why? Because there's no life in it. That's what Mark used to talk about. You can have the same doctrine in two different churches, but if if one is teaching from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and one is teaching from the tree of life, they're going to be radically different in what goes on in those churches. Because it doesn't matter if you're eating good fruit off the wrong tree. You're on the wrong tree. I can tell you what you're doing right and wrong. That may help you for a season, but all it's going to do is kill you in the end because that's all law can do. It brings death. It wants to make you just and good. It has no power to. Here's what happened. Here's the, here's the Bible in a nutshell. <laughs> Jesus took all of those and put them in one box and checked them off himself. I don't know what else to say after that. It's finished. He didn't say, hey, guys, it's kind of finished, but I need you guys to, you know, wear ties. <laughs> or tithe, you know. And, tithe, and, he, and I don't want to get, I'm going to talk about money again. I don't want to get off on tithe. We don't teach, uh, that's a whole different sermon. We don't teach the tithe here because that's an, an old covenant thing that they had to pay someone to make intercession. You, we don't do that. You, you don't, no one makes intercession but you. The Holy Spirit makes intercession. And we don't need to pay him. He ain't broke. We give because that's who we are. Amen. All right. That's a side note. All right. Sorry. I hope I didn't offend anybody. But if I did, we'll talk later. You can email me a couple paragraphs. It doesn't mean we don't encourage people to give. Give. But give from your heart. Don't give out of fear and obligation. God's not the Godfather. He's God the Father. <laughs> All right. Sorry. It's, and this is what's cool. When people move away from, and we've had several people move away recently, and I've gotten calls from them, and maybe they'll listen to this on podcast and go, hey, you're spilling all my business, but I'm not telling you who they are. So you don't know. Could be a long time ago. Anyway, <laughs> may not be. But they're like, hey, it's, it's been really tough. We're trying to find a church, but once... <laughs> Once you really taste freedom and, and understand, hey, I'm sorry, did I offend you guys about the tithe? I'm offended. Okay. <laughs> I thought you got it, Nick. <laughs> I'm sure they have a perfectly good explanation. They've got to go get in their closet. I, that's what it was. <laughs> huh? He's got to work. I know. I'm picking. They're fine. I just had to pick on them. I know it's something legitimate. I pick on them. Um, anyway. Oh, no, I really am offended. People just leave and left. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble messing with people in here. All right. 
by somebody. All right, what am I talking about? Oh, I got lost. Let me see. We were at a pool. <laughs> There's some swimming. There's a uh, checking box. Oh, yeah, Jesus checked all the boxes. Woo! It's finished. It's not kind of finished. It's all the way finished. Jesus did it all. Here's what's cool. He did that, you know, some 2,000 years ago. That's already done. We're, like we talked about last week, we're just in the victory lap. We just get to celebrate what he's already done. What a, what a great life he has bought and paid for us. This is why I hate when we reverse this and we have, and I hope you don't have this bumper sticker or, or air freshener. It says uh, something to the effect of, are you, are you living a life worthy of Jesus dying for you kind of thing? But to me, that reverses it. He died so that you could live a free life. He's not, he's not saying you need to do better. He's saying, I love you so much. I did it all. Now live from that place. What, other, what better place is there to live from? I've tried lots of other places. I've tried living in the world, and I didn't find it there. And I've tried living in church and religion, and I didn't find it there. It's only found in Christ. It's only found in Jesus. It's the only place it's found. The, the whole Narragate thing is not that, you know, it's not that it's, not that it's hard to find. It's just that there's only one source. It's, he's, he's, it's it. It's Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. She says, I know this Christ is coming. He's saying, I am, I'm that guy. Me. Ding, ding, ding. Like neon lights. You're talking about mountains, chick. <laughs> it ain't about mountains. You're me. I'm the one that's going to bring this true worship and truth. By the way, grace and truth are going in the same direction. They're not opposed to each other. I hear people talk about grace all the time. I'm like, well, grace and truth. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Where are you going? Like, those are two different, like, one's, one's trying to correct the other. Like, oh, no, truth too. Grace is truth. <laughs> okay, all right. Focus. Not long after that, and I'll, I'll try to breeze through this one because everybody knows this story. Not long after that, there's another water, water story where Jesus walks on water. Y'all remember that one? What I love is, in our minds, for a long time, for me, I imagine Jesus walking on calm water. It was a storm. He was walking in a thunderstorm. <laughs> now it's kind of funny because I just see him go, whoa. It was, and, which makes more sense because they, they thought he was a ghost, right? Whoa. And here's another funny thing is they're like, if, <laughs> if you're not a ghost, <laughs> call out to me as though ghosts can't lie. <laughs> oh, the ghost is like, dang it, you got me. I'm a ghost. I'm out of here. You caught me. I can't lie. That's one thing ghosts can't do. If you're not a ghost. But that's typical of humans. We're just like goofy. Well, how can I trick? How can I find out if this is true? Anyway, so you have all these circumstances. These things are going around. We've got this storm going on. They're freaking out. They think you're going to die. And you're just like, what are you guys stressing about? I see in the spirit what you don't see. I see things happening in my kingdom that you don't quite, you haven't got it yet. This, even, even the wind and the waves is subject to my kingdom. Even things in the natural are subject to the supernatural. Now, it starts in the kingdom and it manifests itself here. It doesn't start here and make its way there. That's the key difference. We don't, like, even in worship, worship was so good today. It's good every Sunday. It was so good today. But it's not, it's not that we, we double up on the beats or we get, we get a certain thing going. It's because these guys love the Lord and they just worship with all their hearts. And we connect with that. It's sympathetic resonance. We connect with it and we go, yes. We agree with what they're saying and we, it's so good. We're not trying to manufacture. These guys, I know every one of their hearts and I trust them. I trust them. And they are, they are not trying to, to make, produce anything. They are just expressing what God has done in their lives. 
and that spills over to you guys, and y'all are so blessed. I don't know if you even realize how blessed you are by those guys. I, but I am. Every, every Sunday, I'm so blessed by what they do, and they come up here, and they just worship. They just worship their hearts out. And what's cool about that is I can't sing. <laughs> I mean, I can physically, but it ain't good. And you can ask Tracy. She'll tell you. She's like, look. I told her, I said, the Lord, does, the Lord doesn't care if I, if I have, can sing or not. And she said, well, no, I agree he doesn't, but I care. <laughs> and I'm right next to you. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Just make a joyful noise. That's right. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's not a musical term. I'm just making noises. I'm pretty good at that. I can make all kinds of noises. All right, um, so Jesus walks on water. He is demonstrating how much bigger he is than your circumstances. He is manifesting his kingdom on earth. When we see, when we see I call them like little, little lights, little explosions of kingdom, the kingdom coming in different areas. When, when our eyes are open to those things, we begin to see them more and more. We begin to realize that, okay, well, this is, this is how we're made to be. This isn't just on Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever it is. This isn't go to church so excuse me go to church so that I can get my ticket and go to heaven when I die and as we always say well we just if that was the case we just hold everybody under a little longer when we baptize them and send them on their way what's the point of being here right if our only goal is to get to heaven when we die then what's the point of even being here it makes this whole life no purpose your life has a purpose here's here's the cool thing and I'll I'll tell you this the circumstances in your life don't define who you are. So much so that if you allow them to, you, you can get into a very dark place. I, and I, I, use, I use my life as an example because I know it really well. And I love the, the, the parallel naturally, the, the parallel in the spirit that has happened naturally. They are partying right on down over there. <laughs> I can hear cowbells. My imagination is going, yeah, yeehaw. All right. I got... I got uh, Amazon Prime, I think manure two days. All right, so I'm just kidding. ah, focus ADD. That's what I was about to talk about. All right, there for 20 years, I struggled not, not knowing my earthly father. I didn't have a dad around. He walked out when we were younger. All I saw was, like I said, the worst in people. I saw drug abuse. I saw alcohol abuse. I saw um, there was sexual abuse. There were all kinds of bad things that were around me all the time, and so that's what I saw, and that's what was my reality. Now, from that place, I found my identity, okay? I found who I was in those things. Now, even if I didn't participate in those things or if it was not of my own, you know, I didn't do them on my own, coming from that place, I thought that's who I was and that's who I was going to be. It didn't matter. I was going to be uneducated. I was, I was never going to have a future. I wasn't going to make it past. I thought, I thought oh, that's weird. I never made that connection. I didn't think I'd make it past 20, and I got saved when I was 20. And, and somebody rings the cowbells. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I can't even plan this stuff. All right. So, <laughs> who encouraged Doug? Stop it. Encourage somebody else. All right. Here's another thing. I thought, I thought because I had ADD, ADD that I would never, I'd never be able to focus on anything enough to, to accomplish anything, okay? <laughs> and look at me now. I still have ADD, but I'm still I'm accomplishing some things. I've gotten through a few things this morning, right? I'm all right. All right, I thought, you know, I thought that I, I, I would never be successful. I'd never, I'd never be married or have kids. I wasn't looking for a future because I thought I'd never make it to that. I thought I'd be dead or in jail. 
most of you know I, I dropped out, I got arrested when I was 18, dropped out of high school, stayed pretty much just doing, doing my own thing, <laughs> cowbells. Don't ring for that, that's not good news. All right, so I did all these things, but that was my identity that I was living from and trying to find some purpose in that, and there was none. There was no purpose in that. Everything changed when I got saved. Everything changed. Everything changed when I was born again. I was a new creation. And from that place, I found hope. I found joy. I found a wife. I found kids. I found a better job. I mean, all these things are results of me finding my identity in Christ, not of me trying really hard to do them and accomplishing them. That's huge. That's huge. When you find your identity in Christ, when, he, when you find that he fills everything in every way, you slowly, your mind starts catching up over the rest of your life. Your mind starts catching up to see, okay, this is how I'm supposed to live, and it fits. It's not a square peg in a round hole. It fits. Okay, I can take a deep breath. I don't, I don't have to have everything figured out. I can still minister to people. I can still love people. I can still care for people. Because ultimately, even, when I, even, even after I made the transition, I, I honestly traded one drug of, 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 of trying to find my life out in the world for another drug of religion. I just traded it to try to run that race for a little while. And it didn't work out either. Where I tried to do better and do more and do more and do more, and I kept failing. And I was like, slowly it began to take that life that I'd gotten away from me. And I was like, why? Something's not right here. This should be better. When are we going to do the stuff? When are we going to have fun and do all these things? And I would come to church and get discouraged and leave and go, why, man, I feel worse than when I came in. Why is that? And the problem is we, we can't, I know. Stop it. You're freaking me out a little bit. Um, yeah, it's for our enemies. There you go. That's for your enemies. Don't be afraid of it. This is the thing. Just like the people, I don't even ever finish, if I finished that story before, of the people that left said they had a hard time finding someplace. Once you taste real freedom and grace, it, you, can, you, can, you can smell law and condemnation a mile away. You get in a place and you, you can feel it. And then they begin to speak and you go, this, this, you can just tell. Guess I'll just keep on preaching. Y'all ain't going, y'all ain't going nowhere. I'm going to bring my papers back. Water. This seems to be a theme here. All right, where am I? Let's see. All right. I don't know. I've gone so far off my notes, I don't know if I can get back. Oh, it's really time to go, so we're good. What do you guys, let's, uh, do, we have, do we have a mic? We have a few minutes, not many minutes. You guys want to have a question, want to add anything? We haven't done this in a while. It's, it's pretty cool to get, get some input. Um, what? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. God wants to hear what they say. Yeah. So somebody's got something to say. We stopped the rain for you. No pressure. Angela? Angela's raising her hand over there. Quietly. So uh, last Sunday... <laughs> we don't want to hear what you have to say. No, I have a mic. I can talk loud. I'm kidding. <laughs> Sing um, a little louder. <laughs> last Sunday, um, Melissa said to me the statement, the righteous are bold as a lion. And uh, 
It, didn't, it wasn't like it was in my mind all week, but on Friday, you know, after getting done talking to my attorney and finding out there's another hurdle that we need to cross, and that's okay because we crossed another one, so God's doing things. I just felt like God was just saying to me, the righteous are bold as a lion, like be bold as a lion, trust me. And um, all weekend long, that was in my mind, and I thought it was really cool. We came in today, and first we were singing, you know, uh, you're going to hear my praises roar, and then we went into Living Hope where it talks about God being a lion, and you got up and said, said what you said about God being a lion. Yeah. And then I was sharing it with Lauren. I don't know if she's in here anymore. But she was saying, she's like, I should have said something to Daniel because I felt like we were supposed to sing this other song too. And it was about like God being a lion. I don't remember wow. the name of the song. I just thought it was really cool how, I don't know, like the Lord like puts it on a bunch of our hearts and yeah. it's a theme, you know. And I mean, he is a lion and we have that power in us too. So we can be bold and... And the, the cool thing is, I'm sure other people got something out of it, but God's so gracious that he would do that just for you. And that's what blows me away. It's like, God would take the time, you know, you needed to hear that. And in, in the season that you're in, it could be discouraging. I know. I know what, we know what season you're in, and you needed to hear that. Yeah. And I mean, at the beginning of, you know, you know, this has been going on for two years. At the beginning of it, I was so consumed with fear. And I feel like a big reason why God has allowed me to go through this is because it's just allowed that fear to just drop off. And, you know, now it's like there's nothing to fear. You know, right. God is with us, and he is powerful. Yeah, so. that's awesome. <clears throat> Anybody else? Kim? I just want to read the scripture, uh, John seven thirty seven. 37. Um, Jesus stands in front of the crowd and he shouts and he says, all you thirsty ones, come to me. So if you're thirsty this morning, come to Jesus <laughs> and believe in me so that rivers of living water, that's the Holy Spirit, yeah. will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. That's good. That was one of the details. I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the details that he said with the woman as well. Carol, you're getting your steps in today. Your uh, worship was quite anointed. Uh, the, the song that um, all his promises are yes and amen. Mm-hmm. And in Hebrews, it says that, says that all God's promises in Jesus, all God's promises are yes and amen. We say the amen. And um, there's so many promises in the Old Testament. And I heard this the other day, and it just blew me away. Uh, Deuteronomy 28. uh, Moses has them on the mountains, and he's telling them, if you obey completely, you'll get these blessings. And if you don't obey, you'll get these curses. And he's motivating them to obey. But the cool thing is that we are on this side of the crucifixion. So we can read Deuteronomy 28. Because Jesus faithfully obeyed the Lord our God and was careful to follow all his commands, we have been given today the Lord our God will put us far above the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come and overtake us because Jesus obeyed the Lord our God. Amen. 
And it goes, you know, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Your descendants will be blessed and your soils produce. And the offspring of your livestock, including the young of your herds and the newborn of your flocks and on and on. This blessing after blessing. All the way through the old covenant. But now we have it because Jesus was perfectly obedient. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he, he became a curse for us so we might be blessed. So there you go. Yeah, he and when we even when we sang, I got the vision of being baptized. When it says when his when Jesus' breath began to come back into him, this that's the that's the reality that we live in is the life we we recognize that we traded our life of sin and death for his life of righteousness. So is Jesus is Jesus holy and righteous? What's the Bible say? As he is, so are we. Where in this world? Not just when you die and go to heaven. He's saying righteousness. And, and, and holiness is now in you. That's your identity. Your identity is holy and righteous. And from that place, you live a holy and righteous life. Yes. Not try to live holy and righteous so that you can be. He has traded that, all of it. He's taken your sin, death, and hell. He's taken everything that, w that you deserved. And the only thing he could give you in return was his perfect life, his obedient life. We can't, you can't halfway do that. <laughs> it's not... It's, that's not how covenants work. <laughs> you, there's no halfway there. He did it, and so now you get to reap the benefits from it. He unfortunately reaped the benefits of our, our life on the cross. But he didn't just die, and he didn't just take our sins away, although those, those are huge things, but he rose so that you could have life. And not just life, but life more abundantly. He died and rose again so that you could have an abundant life, a good life. Live your good life. Now, what's your responsibility now? Live. Let, receive that life that he gave you and share it with other people. That's the good news of the gospel. Grace interrupts our circumstances, everything that we think, I'm not good enough, you don't know how bad I am, you don't know what I've done, all those excuses we made when we first got saved, and then now once we do get saved, we're born again, and we go, yeah, but, there's no but. <laughs> there's no but. He is. All of his promises are yes and amen, and he gave us peace and righteousness and love and joy in his Holy Spirit. He gave it to you for free. Now, your only responsibility right now is to share that with other people. Receive it and share it with other people and demonstrate it. That was one of my biggest hang-ups when, when, I, when I first was born again and I would go through some of the, the uh, discipleship classes and classes that, that we would talk about outreach. They would send us out to try to, to, try to get people saved. The, the problem with that was, in, with good intentions, they were trying to train us to basically get more people to go to heaven when they die. The problem with that is it was based on that. I didn't care about any of those people. All those people I made feel awkward in Walmart and knocked on a door or gave a track or whatever away. Not to say that God couldn't use those because he's even gracious in those. And most of us got saved with some crazy stuff like that. But what he gives us is a, 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 he gives us a ministry of reconciliation, not notches on our belt. <laughs> not look at all the things that I've done so that I can get a bigger crown when I go to heaven, which we know now what jewels are. It's not physical jewels. We know that it's the relationships that we've built. Another sermon. All right. Stand up with me. I'm going to pray for y'all. I'll get, I'll get to going up in here. Lord, you are good and you are worthy to be worshipped. And, and we love because you first loved us. Lord, you gave us the ability to love outside of ourselves. And so as we, as we, as we continue in our lives this day and this week, Lord, we're not waiting to get back here on Wednesday or to get back here on Sunday so that we can 
feel your presence, Lord. We don't check you at the door when we leave. It's your Holy Spirit that goes with us. And you lead us and you encourage us and you comfort us and you help keep us, Lord. So I thank you that you're always with us. You are not distant. And uh, Father, I pray that all the fear and anxiety that, that tries to creep up and all the lies that the enemy tries to put back in our lives, Lord, that you, you continue to remind us of who we are and whose we are, that all these circumstances are all temporary and physical. Lord, that our eternal, our eternal life and our eternal joy is caught up in you, and that will begin to radically change everything we see and hear in this world and in this earth, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a great day.